So welcome to Listen Green Step HR podcast. My name is Kati Tuovinen and I'm responsible for HR services. As an example, interim HR, part-time HR services and consulting at GreenStep. Today, we will talk about people analytics and what data-driven culture actually means and how to ensure data is an essential part of the culture. I worked in HR over 20 years and I strongly believe that organizational culture is the key to success. And I've been involved in several situations that a cultural change has been needed. And also data has been present all the time, but in very different ways. And today we will focus more on the people analytics and HR reporting as a tool for people, help people to make sense of the focus and how to enhance culture in rapidly changing environment. I have Matthew Hanwell, HR tech and people analytics professional here with me today to discuss about this topic and the future of HR. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you, Kati. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. I'm so happy that you wanted to have this discussion with me around this topic. Uh, but to, to start with, it would be nice to hear about a little bit about your background to tell all the listeners that uh, why we two are here today and, and what experience we are going to share together. Sure. Yes, happy to. So Matthew Hanwell, Currently, I'm the, the head of HR technology at Tieto Every, uh, also responsible for people analytics. And I think I've spent the last 25 years implementing tools and technology that collect and process information about people. And all throughout those 25 years, one of my goals has been to maximize the value of that investment, and especially by understanding the data and the insights and the information that we can gain, even from a relatively small amount of data related to our people. Um, so this is this is a subject that's very close to my heart and has been for many years now. And uh, very pleased and very happy to to, to be talking and, and exchanging some some thoughts about it. Excellent. So great. Let's get started and set the stage a little. So people analytics is kind of trending at the moment, and many companies, if we'll think about global big ones, I'm sure we are a bit ahead of the scheme in small and medium-sized companies. But there is a lot of talk about around people analytics and also about dashboards, and also some people say dashboards are kind of dead. So, <laughs> uh, so even though some companies are then kind of building dashboards with a really increasing speed, so why I don't see necessarily a bigger change in leadership or people-related decisions, though. So kind of the dashboards or the reporting seems to me like doing HR in 20 years pretty similar. So what's your view, Matthew? It's a very good point. And um, my perspective is that, well, first of all, I think people analytics has been a trend for the last 20 years, maybe even longer. I don't think it's new to me at least, it's something that people have been talking about and trying to grapple with. Um, I think a lot of the time is spent on the technology, uh, on trying to find the right tool, the right uh, technology that can present data in a certain way. And of course, I think over the years, it's become easier and easier to find that right tool and to process you know, data, even large amounts of data in companies. So it's not the, the technology, which is the challenge in my opinion these days. It's more the behavior and the, the understanding and the expectation of what's possible. 
I, I always compare HR, you know, with finance or marketing and think, you know, the amounts of data that are, you know, regularly and routinely used in finance or in a marketing function. And I don't think we have the same rigor or the same attitude towards data in HR. I, th- I think it's, uh, it's more soft. It's more people focused. It's more, I don't think p- HR people in general uh, love, you know, statistics and analysis. Um, so I think there's something about the function, something about uh, the history of the function that people haven't necessarily, uh, let's say, looked for the data or even asked the right question in the, in the, in the past. That might be. And it also might be so that um, maybe it hasn't, like perhaps in the bigger company, it has been there a bit longer time. But if I'll think about then small and medium-sized companies, maybe the data is not even uh, in, a, in, a, in a way easily uh, available. It is there somewhere, but it's not necessarily easily available to, to make any conclusions. But I think you said the kind of really good point there, like asking the right questions. So, so would you have some example you would like to share that what would be kind of a question we should look into or you have run into your, in your past? I think there's, there's, there's hundreds of questions that we can ask. I think the most common asked question for HR is what is our headcount, right? How many people actually work for us? And I think that's such a fundamental and basic question that every company, no matter what the size, should know how many people work for us. And, and that's kind of a hygiene factor. You know, you pay those people, they work for you. Uh, but that's that's just the very beginning, the very start. What makes up that headcount? How diverse are they? What age are they? How many of them have recently joined? How many have people have left the company? And then the question is, you know, what's good and bad? Is the headcount the right number or the wrong number? Should it be higher? Should it be lower? Is it the right mix? Is it the right workforce mix? Um, I'm always surprised, you know, that we, we talk about, and perhaps Recently, most recently, one of the hottest uh, questions has always been attrition. How many people are we losing? Uh, what's the attrition rate? And I always find that number interesting because normally it's a percentage and people will discuss what's a good percentage, what's a healthy percentage. But it reminds me of a story in one company where we presented, I presented the, the attrition rate. It was 5.6% in that company. And people said in the HR leadership team or in the management team, oh, that sounds reasonable, a healthy turnover. But what it hid was uh, a 0.1% uh, attrition rate in one place and a 40% attrition rate in the first year in another site. So it's a little bit like having one hand in the fire and one hand in the freezer, but overall your body temperature is fine. So I think it's not enough just to consolidate and aggregate data. You also need to look at the outliers. And again, with a relatively small set of data, you're, you are actually able to do this. Yes. And, and also, I think... Whatever you, you refer to like finance or marketing, I think uh, all the time we are doing more and more to, to estimate things. So like you said, like attrition to, to estimate a little and what's good and what's not good. So I think that's also something that maybe we haven't been so good at in HR, like thinking about other estimates than headcount estimates. So, so we should link that, for example, to other other perspectives, like how many people we are going to actually have in March, not just the recruitment side, but also that the people we currently have and, and why they are here and then linking, linking other uh, attributes to the, to the discussion or to the question we are trying to figure out. No, I agree. And I think, of course, the real goal here is about business success. What, what, what are the questions that link 
that you can ask that related to people that lead to business success, whatever that business success is, whether that's improved customer satisfaction, growth, increased revenue, increased profitability, improved efficiency. How do we break those objectives down into the people and the the measurement of people so that we know what are the key measures that we are looking at when we look at people that lead to business success? Definitely. And then if we'll uh, look the bigger picture from the analytics or or the measurements to to this culture topic, so data-driven culture, it's also a trending concept, I would say, that's been there like a few years now. Uh, For me, it's much more than a dashboard or understanding some numbers that we want to have on management or board agendas. It's more like how I learn to drive my work with data in in the best, uh, best way. So what data is available for me and how I could utilize more data in my work. And of course, it depends in what role I am. If I'm the director, then I get a different kind of view of data and dashboards and analytics, or if I'm a team leader or if I'm an employee. So it's kind of self-leadership with data, not just reporting on a high level, I would say. So at least that's my understanding. So do you agree and, and what that means to you? Yeah, what I call it is fact-based management or, or evidence-based management. So it's really having evidence and facts and, and data to support those facts that help you, I think, make better decisions ultimately. I've, throughout my career, I've always been surprised when people make assumptions uh, or make statements that actually turn out to be false or, or not completely true. And, and certainly in my career and, and when I'm presenting uh, data, I always want to sort of ensure that it's you know evidence based and fact based so that people can't can't you know can't argue with the facts they may argue with the interpretation of those facts but i think that's the cultural shift is is wanting and needing um and looking for the evidence to support the case that you're trying to make um and so I call it fact-based management, simply put. Uh, and no matter what your job is, actually, I think there's, we live in a data-rich world. We live, we're surrounded by data points, but finding and unpacking the right set of data to support an improvement in what we're doing, I, I personally always look for data points to support you know, the decisions that I make. Yes. And I think you've been doing that so long that it, it's kind of <laughs> self-evident for you. But, uh, but I, what I see in many organizations as being a consultant over, over 10 years, so seeing many companies, it's not necessarily that people wouldn't want to look for fact-based data or, or data to support their work. It's more like it's not in the culture of the company. So kind of nobody is kind of showing the example or, or sharing that knowledge that this is how we actually use data in our company. No, precisely. I agree. I, I think, as you said earlier, you can have mini dashboards and they can be all very interesting. But if they don't support improvements in, in the business outcomes, in the business success, you know, they become just interesting. And sometimes, you know, at least in the large companies, we are guilty of producing far too many dashboards, far too many reports. And then we become overwhelmed with the information and insights. And we're not then focused on what are the specific key measures and key pieces of evidence that actually will impact the business results that we're looking for. So, um, but I think it's, it's sort of, it's an expectation to start with. 
you know, I think it's a bit, little bit chicken and egg. If people aren't expecting there to be evidence or facts or data, they don't ask for it. So I, I, I think the, the first step people could take on this journey is really to, to ask the right questions, whether or not they have the data or they think they have the data, but still ask the question and then look to see what data can support answering that question. What evidence is available? Could we collect? And, and I think it's in this world and in today's world, there is so many, so many data sources that we have available to us. Um, and as I said, even with a limited set of data, we are able to, to show and, and give evidence for certain, certain results that we see. Yeah, it's kind of like you put it that way. I would say it's kind of the academic research. You have your kind of research question first, and then you try to get the evidence to support exactly. it. So kind of the same, perhaps thinking or, or approach to today that would, would help us. No, definitely. And, and it can easily start with a hypothesis, right? We believe this, or we would like to know this, or, you know, um, an igniting question can also start a very healthy discussion and, and change of culture around, around facts and, and, and expecting there to be data or wanting there to be data and, and looking for it. But if you never look, uh, you, of course, don't find and you don't ask for it. So I think um, be curious, ask the right questions, have that hypothesis. That's a very good place to start. Great. And actually, one thing that may not be so kind of new, uh, uh, but I would like to share as an example, like uh, is this uh, research that Google did regarding mm-hmm. their managers. So I think I like their kind of, uh, uh, kind of expectation that we don't actually need managers. So they <laughs> wanted to look into that. But then what actually they found out was that if they had great managers, all those teams performed really well. And then they again wanted to still dig deeper and then they identified 10 leadership competencies that they wanted to then each team leader or manager have. And actually uh, they wanted to teach the team leaders to become great leaders. So would you have any similar experiences from some any, not necessarily about leadership, it could be something else, but with, with data that you could share? Yes, sure. So I think that Google is a great example of starting with a question, right? You know, do we need leaders? <laughs> do we need managers? Uh, another example I know is from Starbucks, um, which we all know nowadays. And they, were, they asked the question, uh, what from a people perspective drives store profitability? When we open new stores, what what drives what people attribute drives store profitability? And they conducted a study to look at all the new stores and the profitability of those stores, and what were the criteria or ca- characteristics of the people, the employees, the manager in the store that that drove uh, superior um, results, you know, profitability for the store. And what they discovered was it turned out to be the manager tenure, the length of time a manager had been a manager. That was a key attribute that uh, changed store profitability. So what they did, of course, was when opening new stores, they transferred experienced managers to run those new stores rather than hiring a new manager. And they saw a significant increase in their in their store profits. So, so again, starts with the question um, and then, but answers the business question. I think that's the critical part of it. Of course. And I think this is going to just give HR also more 
Uh, muscles in discussions <laughs> because in some companies, uh, even though, uh, of course, HR people are now more uh, part of uh, management teams and, and even boards, but if you think then uh, not global companies and, and all, all, all that, uh, it's more in small and medium-sized companies, it's kind of HR is not necessarily part of the management team. It's not the people topics are not necessarily there on board agendas every month or once a quarter. So kind of uh, it, it's only the, of course, the big ones are showing the way, but then of course, also the, the smaller or medium-sized companies are thinking that it, they doesn't need to, or they don't need to follow follow you know, everything they do. But I think to ensure that we actually are business partners in HR, uh, and we talk the same language with the business, I think this data is going to help us. So kind of people analytics is going to help us to, to get these fact-based uh, figures around those uh, topics we want management to see and look for. But I'm sure all the leaders and directors all around the world are still also getting more and more interested in people data because if you look around there is this great resignation so we want to learn why people want to leave or want to stay or or then this remote work is also making the perhaps the emotional connections a bit uh, less than that they used to be when we are at the office so there are changes in the way we work and also changes in the way we see people behave so the younger ones then might value different things than the older ones and also the world changes around us so i'm um, i'm really positive that hr is going <laughs> to going to get more muscles with data to get people see. Yeah, a couple of reflections from me on that. One, one of course, no matter what the size of the company, people, are, people are, make the organization work, right? They're the people who create products, create innovations, create ideas, deliver services, uh, support other people. You know, there's no organization that operates without any people in it. So people are a key resource in all companies of all sizes. I think uh, connecting the people measures and the evidence about people to business is is a critical aspect for the HR, you know, that they can talk about what does, you know, 1% more attrition mean, or what does 5% drop in engagement mean in terms of business results? Does that mean we're going to be more profitable or less profitable? Does that mean we're going to Mm -hmm. improve customer satisfaction or reduce customer satisfaction? And I think if we're able as HR people to turn and translate the measures and the evidence we have into business figures, usually euros or dollars, you know, that will have a bigger impact. And, and, and people in finance and business leaders in general always, you know, are interested in, in, in the bottom line impact of, of uh, measures and of evidence. And I think bringing a, a comprehensive set of data or a comprehensive story that, that shows based on this evidence, this is either likely to happen or has happened, I think gives a lot of credibility to the, to the HR person then delivering that, that message to, to their leadership. Yes, and I think um, one thing, in addition to what we'll be discussing about the, having the business de- decision, uh, supporting this business decision, so having the question that helps business to succeed, it's also a little bit, I think, the data-driven culture and, and how, how we can make it happen uh, better would be uh, telling stories, I would say. So maybe the data helps us to tell stories, but still people like examples are the ones that we remember. So also if we get the data to be a bit more alive when we tell tell (laughs) stories or examples, I think that's the way kind of forward. Uh, 
with with this topic or what would you say? No, fully agree. I think too often, and I see this so often, honestly, is that people produce a dashboard or a report or a graph or a graphic, and they think that the job is done. They think, you know, they've presented the raw data, they've processed it uh, and presented it in a, in a very nice looking chart or graph of some description. And they think that's it, that, that the job is done. And what that lacks is, of course, the context and the impact So very often, uh, storytelling is absolutely critical if you want to go from sort of insight and presentation to intervention and action. It's the storytelling that will, will change, put the data that's being presented in context, highlighted, and you know, informing of the consequences or impact of the data that's being presented. Otherwise, you risk the, the <laughs> what I've seen happen. It, it's very interesting. It's a nice chart, but it's not telling me what to do. It's not telling me, is that good or bad? It's not telling me, should I, should I panic? Should I take urgent action? Or is everything okay? So I think telling the stories is absolutely critical uh, around the data. Otherwise, it, no matter how well it's presented in, graphically, and, and dashboards are very good at doing this, people may not understand the, the consequences of, of the data. Yeah, and, and for me, that's also kind of part of what data-driven culture means. So having a culture, having that context and telling those stories. So so that's it's not only about data. So if, if data is not like something that you feel like familiar with, it's not just data that we need in HR and and. and In organizations, we also need the context and, and the people to tell those stories. And I think if, if we briefly kind of uh, uh, go back to this, that KPIs or measures are often um, too much looking backwards, uh, I'm sure we would tell better stories if we could get also the story ahead, at least the best guess, or the best guess, uh, so kind of based on the data that what's going to happen and what would be the story if we do certain actions. No, fully agree. I think a lot of the reports and a lot of the dashboards that we have in HR, you know, are looking backwards. And I always say that's like driving your car by looking in the rearview mirror. You know, yes, you probably can do it, but it doesn't really help you plan and and navigate the path ahead. So I think anything we can do to get ahead with the data using predictive analytics, um, extrapolating the data, Uh, forecasting the data, you know, if this is happening now, we see this being, you know, a cyclical curve, and and this will probably happen in the future. And then telling the impact, the potential impact, that then gives you the the opportunity to do something about it. I'll give you a very a very simple, real example from the Los Angeles Police Department, where they took a lot of demographic data in their in in the city of Los Angeles, and they mapped it to crime data. You know where were crimes occurring, and based on that data combined, they they were able to identify what they believed would be hotspots where crime might happen in the future, and so they then policed those areas more intensively. You know, more cars on the ground uh, driving around those areas, and they were able to reduce the crime rate by thirty percent. Now, think of that in an HR context, if we were able to combine our people data together with our business data to be able to predict and forecast business success, we could then, or lack of business success, we could then intervene ahead of times to improve the situation and not just report on it after it's happened. So I think that's the potential of, of predictive analytics, of looking ahead, of using data and extrapolating to the future and being able to tell a story so that people today take action for what might happen in the future. 
Yes, and that needs both. So kind yes. of needs data and then it needs the, the question and it needs the storytelling kind of to, to get the right output. If you exactly. put it that way, yeah. Hey, uh, we need to start closing this great discussion. Oh. <laughs> uh, and and just to, to close, I would be happy to hear what would you say would be the three things you would focus? For example, if you had a target for 2023 to improve people analytics and data-driven culture in an organization. So kind of where to start or what to focus. So three key thing, things. Takeaways. I, I think the first one I would I would encourage people to be curious. Be curious and ask the right questions. Really start to ask the questions. I'm sure people do, but I think they can do even more of asking the right questions. The second thing I would do is is I would focus on the data and information that really matters. You know, there can be a lot of data, there can be a lot of data points that are interesting, but what actually impacts the business success? What actually uh, predicts or forecasts or influences the future success Uh, and focus on that first, really prioritize where to focus, because otherwise you end up with a lot of data. And thirdly, tell stories, tell, tell the full story, tell, tell the consequences, tell it's, you know, we're human beings and um, we communicate by telling stories, even finance people tell stories. And HR people can tell very good stories, especially when supported by the evidence um, that helps them tell even a better story. So, so those are the three things I would I would focus on. Thank you, Matthew. So it's more like, uh, let's be more human with the data. <laughs> so if we would yes, indeed. <laughs> put it in a nutshell. But hey, it's been a really fun and, and also a bit relieving, revealing discussion to me, as at least. And I truly believe this is a discussion uh, that has given food for thought for and some tools, hopefully, for HR people there creating better people analytics and facilitating this data-driven culture in their organizations. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you all listeners too. So if you liked what you heard, please listen more GreenStep podcasts in Spotify. You can also follow us in LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. Have a great day. Bye bye.